Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the LA Football Podcast. Recovered by the Chargers. Touchdown, UCLA. With USC great and NFL stud, Frosty Rucker. The Trojans back in front. And LAFB founder, Ryan Zyrood. On the Believe Podcast Network and LAFBnetwork.com. This is your destination for Los Angeles football. What's up, Los Angeles football fans? And welcome back to the Believe in LA Football Podcast. Here on the Bleed Podcast Network, also on LAFBnetwork.com, your destination for Los Angeles football. Well, I'm sure you heard it from the new intro. Excited to welcome on my new outstanding co-host. He was on the show last week, but he's back for more, back for the foreseeable future. Frosty Rucker, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. What's up, LA? I'm here. Let's talk. That's right. Happy uh-huh. to have Happy to have you, brother. This is going to be a fun show. we got big things lined up uh, for the hopeful season, and it's just going to be fun to talk, you know, tell your stories, interview great players, and just uh, talk about L.A. football. Dude, I'm stoked just to be a part of this, man. You build something great. I want to add to it. I know the L.A. football fans, they need us, and this is why we're here. That's right. That's right. You know, I – I talk about this all the time, but I just feel like L.A. is the, what, the number two media market in the world, they say. I think it's number one, but our football teams really are underrepresented. I think uh, this is obviously still Lakers town, probably Dodgers town, but there's so many great, not just L.A. football teams currently, but the history of the USC Trojans, obviously what you did there, the history of even UCLA. You back to the Rams of the you know the 70s and 80s. You look at even the Chargers. Were first Raiders. Raiders, yeah, of course, the Raiders we can talk about some. And the Chargers were even born here at 1960. I know they're only here for a year, but now they're back. So uh, I know you're going to just bring great value, and I'm excited for um, all of our listeners to just get to know you more. Yeah, man, that's awesome, man. Like you said, I think L.A. is the number one media market in the world. It, it always has been, always will be, even though I will say New York is a distant number two. Yeah. But, yeah, L.A. sports are by far the best. Obviously, I have my LeBron Lakers shirt on for you guys that can't see me right now it's a Lakers shirt it's pretty sweet got it at a downtown district uh, avenue where they uh are passing out shirts like this and it looks pretty sweet so i love my lakers i'm glad they're starting up but are we talking football are we talking basketball well i mean we're talking football but we can touch on it since you brought it up i I mean are you how you feel about the lakers going into this new bubble format it's kind of interesting down in orlando do you like it do you hate it are you just happy it's back I mean, it just adds on to 2020, you mm-hmm. know, what else could there be uh, to come up with a one, a place and a venue to, to host the NBA playoffs and to get them going and be at Disney, you know, so the, mm-hmm. these guys have to have some huge amount of uh, focus to do their jobs, get back into basketball playing shape. And I'm excited for it. You know, everyone needs sports how safe it's going to be, that's to be determined. But we need sports. I need something to talk about. I need something to watch. And go LeBron. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers. <laughs> no, we knew LeBron. No, I feel it, man. I, I, yesterday, I'm not a big – you know, I like soccer. I love the World Cup and stuff. But I was up yesterday at like 6 a.m. watching. It was the first MLS game back for the MLS's back tournament. I'm watching like a Philadelphia-New uh, York game or something just because I'm like, I want live sports. Like, we got to have it. It's, I'm yeah. sick of uh, – 
we can watch like old replays all the time. I love doing that anyway. I'm a big history guy, but at some point you just need something to escape from what we're in. Yeah. And, uh, and right now I think with basketball coming back, it's going to be a huge thing and benefit sports because not only are they going to be playing basketball, but we're, well, I know personally, I'm excited to see where they take the social climate and mm-hmm. what are the things that they do as organizations, as individual teams. I'm excited to see what message they send. So yeah. sports is needed. I'm happy for it. Well, and looking at collegiately, more so probably the NFL, it's good that they'll have kind of a blueprint for how these first leagues, the MLS, the NBA, the NHL is also coming back, Major League Baseball. They'll have kind of a blueprint of how they do things, how they run these tests, how they you know, obviously have player safety. So if anything, it'll benefit our show and the NFL and, and college moving forward is the hope anyway. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the NBA is the one who stopped the whole world down anyway. Yeah. You know, they, they made everything freeze anyway. So it's good that they're taking a the lead on being um, really the biggest sport to, to, to gain traction and, and say there's a definite we're starting here. You know, with this COVID-19, it's just so hard to know how they're going to contain everything. So, I'm just excited to hear the stories. I'm excited that I'm not involved in the aspect of putting myself at risk for it. Mm -hmm. And I just get to report it. So, yeah, that's perfect. Well, I was going to, we were going to kind of do that later in the show. We might as well, as we're talking about, just, just start with that. Just kind of COVID, what we're seeing around the league happen. Um, And then we'll get into, we want to talk a little bit, Patrick Mahomes and his deal, what that means for Jared Goff, what that means for Justin Herbert. Yeah, huge bucks. So we'll get to that and have fun talking that. But since we're already on the topic anyway, I'm curious, you know, first let's just say the Ivy League announced yesterday or two days ago that they're canceling all fall sports for all of their colleges, not just football. Um, I think yesterday the California uh, Community Athletic Association announced they're moving all their fall sports to spring. So uh, no football there either. What do you think, just on the surface, this means for the Pac-12, means for USC, UCLA? I mean, is this is this the kind of the writing on the wall that it, you know the the season's going to be moot, or are these just smaller programs that can afford to do that? No, I just feel like everything's trickling down, and you know someone has to take the leadership role and start it off, and really let everyone know what the temperature is going to be, and if they're prolonging things and pushing things back, it's only the logical thing to follow suit. Um, do I think in actuality they're going to get a season? Not really. Uh-huh. I, I, it's, it's a hard thing for me to grasp how a sport of football is going to contain all these guys, bigger numbers than NBA. They're not playing in a bubble or living in a bubble. Mm-hmm. How are they going to, you know, suppress this COVID-19 and keep everyone safe? You know, guys got to go to work. They got to go home. You know, they're, you can't tell them their spouse they can't go to the grocery store. They can't go get a coffee or whatever it had be. How do you contain all these people to be able to regain sport? It's going to be tough. Yeah. Are we going to see like, uh, have you seen those uh, people have them in like parks? There's those big plastic bubbles. Everyone goes in and they run around and knock each other around. Is that going to be what football is going to look like? <laughs> hey, you see what and I'm bumper, talking about? Bumper football. Yeah. yeah bumper football. <laughs> Right, right, right. That looks about right. I mean, who knows, though? Yeah. What else can 2020 bring to us? Dude, I There's know. There's going to be so many unorthodox ways of trying to get this sport. How do you social distance? How do you, you know, especially in the sport of football, how do you tell guys not to yeah. you know, play this whole game and then don't do a jersey swap? It, it, it's, yeah. it's mind-boggling on what they can come up with, but someone has to take the lead and, they, and set the president. So, again, we have the best jobs that we get to just watch and uh critique and analyze yeah so. i mean hopefully we get to watch critique and analyze but you 
you know, you obviously played in college, played pros. Let's start with being a college player. If if say you're, you're at USC, which you are, and they come to you and say, "Hey, we're gonna do, we're gonna cancel the season." Are you as a player in college pushing for the season to happen, or do you prefer to take the safety side? I mean, I have my opinion what I would do, but I didn't actually play the sport. I played in high school, but curious as what your thought would be as a collegiate athlete. Do you want to play? Are, are the risks worth the reward, or are you like, you know what, this is my body, I need to take care of it, and I'd rather be safe about it? Well, at that age, um, being 18, 19, 20, I don't think um, you really grasp what you are risking, especially if you're, you're, your common goal with everyone else is to go professional. You got to play, right? Yeah. But now you start thinking about administrative, like how do these guys regain their their eligibility? What, what, mm-hmm. Are we pushing it back? How, how does the, how do you play a sport or get pushed back and then the draft is a certain time? or you're not going to play at all? Is there not a draft class coming in this year? What is going on? So me as a student athlete, I would just play ball. I don't know any different. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about player safety. I wasn't thinking about CTE. I wasn't thinking about any of that, right? It's just play ball. But now when everyone's uh, woke and, you know, they got the Instagram and they're, they're online and mm-hmm. you know, they've got tons of ways to, to plug in. It may be something that the parents got to step in and guide their kids because as young guys, young men, young women full of, of piss and vinegar, as they say, it, you just want to play ball, you know, you, whatever I'm, I'm indestructible. I can go out here and run through a wall, but now you have to be super cautious. So me, I would play, but you know, with, as much knowledge as there is or concern, I would have to ask someone for guidance in this matter. Yeah. Well, and it's tough if you're, say you're, say, say you're me, which I would be a very, a fringe player, if you will, a guy that, uh, well, let's, let's just say this. Let's say I made the team, I'm a starter, but I'm like borderline seventh round draft pick or undrafted free agent that maybe can walk on and, and maybe at least get a, a practice squad or training camp roster spot. <laughs> So for me, (laughs) look at me, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm blowing the doors off anyone and I didn't play college ball, but, but someone like me, I'm thinking, okay, if I take the year off, kids behind me aren't just, their ages aren't just stopping. We're having a new crop of freshmen come in. I missed my entire freshman year because that year's gone. Now I have these new kids coming in from, you know, all over the country, De La Salle, some of these great high schools coming to take my job. And I had a whole year off where no scouts got to see me play. I can get to improve my craft because I couldn't even play with my teammates. I play, you know, slot receiver. I couldn't run routes with uh, quarterbacks. I couldn't run routes with the other guys and get on the same page. So all of a sudden I'm a year behind. That hurts my NFL chances. So my future now is put on hold. So for me, I'd be like, dude, I got to play. Like this is my livelihood. I'm, I'm willing to risk getting sick and obviously you know every case is different we've seen and who really knows how bad it actually is for me like i gotta get out there i gotta do something to do my future so it's a hard you see these some of these kids these top quarterbacks it's not gonna affect them if they have a year off they're still gonna be a first round draft pick most likely but for those fringe players or the d2 players it could be a huge huge ramification for their entire future oh absolutely so it it becomes a business decision Mm -hmm. and at the age 18, 19, 20, are you mature enough to make those decisions? That's why me personally, I knew I wasn't. I would have to ask for guidance. And hopefully the university is going to provide you guidance and give you an out. And if you do not want to play or you do not want to risk, you shouldn't be shamed for that either mm-hmm. because your health is, is number one 
you know, it, it, it takes the, the cake on that. So it, it, it's, it's really up to the leadership. I think you need strong leadership in your life. Um, you know, this is where parents come in. This is when your coaches have to make solid decisions and guide the team. And the university has to put together perimeters that let the kid either, if they're going to play, here's the, here's what we're going to cover. If not, don't feel ashamed. We're going to add an extra semester onto you on, on the back end. Because mm-hmm. again, there's this whole administrative thing too. A lot of guys want to play pro, but they want to graduate also. So what about eligibility? Mm-hmm. And you said more guys coming in. Are they still going to be recruiting classes? Who knows? How can they do this if there's no ball? How do you recruit no. someone? No high school either. I mean, they'd probably be done too. So where are you recruiting from? So it affects the whole pool. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a mess. And, you know, you speak of leadership. One thing I did think was cool, this is in football related. I don't know if you saw, but USC, I think it was yesterday announced that for their international students that are needing in-person classes to maintain their visas, they're offering like a free in-person class so they can maintain that. I thought that was super cool. So good of USC. Yeah, I mean, th- that's leadership. Though. Yeah. You know, you know, these people are in fringe area. They don't know what's going on. Uh, some people are getting deported. You know, mm-hmm. the university taking the steps forward to, to, to shield these uh, students is that's just the leadership we need, especially the way USC um, as a whole administrative athletics and all that has been the last decade or so. This is the type of uh, progress going forward that needs to happen. You know, they've taken to social media and a lot of accounts to speak up about things that, you know, before no one ever spoke up upon. They would, look over these things mm-hmm. but now they're they're leading the charge so i'm glad i'm a trojan yeah no yeah great great uh history to be a part of i look at uh when i was in college and obviously nothing compares to what we're going through now um with with this and the death toll and everything but i remember i think it was the i want to say it was the swine flu or the bird flu or something when i was um right. was there anything when you were in college that was similar at all that maybe put you on hold or was it pretty smooth sailing um during your days or anything at all yeah, where you're like yeah. oh, i need to pump the brakes maybe and think about something other than football or was it all pretty nothing there's nothing you know uh not when i was in college there was nothing that came up like that that made you even take notice or anything we were just full steam ahead so uh and we had coach o barking up our back so (laughs) wouldn't have mattered either way right yeah coronavirus versus coach o i think i'm gonna go with coach o i think i would too i think i would too yeah there's nothing that got in our way so Again, it's a troubling time. It's a uh, questionable time on all these events that can happen that shape these young people's livelihood. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see, again, how the leadership takes command of it. Because, again, just like um, a principal or anything at any level, they are the key to the future for these kids. So someone has to take uh, the leadership role here and guide these guys and make Concrete rules. I'm I'm excited to see what NCAA does. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this eligibility stuff with recruiting, and you have to have a concrete plan to calm these people's minds. Yeah, you know, because this has been lifelong goals since kids were seven, eight years old to get scholarships to go to school or to go play ball, and now what? Yeah. Well, and luckily, oh, nothing they did. Yeah. <laughs> well, and luckily with football, it's it's a big program. This doesn't hurt. But I think of like my cousin who went to he went to Orange Lutheran, played baseball. And he's going now to Boise State to hopefully further his baseball career. Well, last week that school just announced they're literally ending baseball indefinitely. 
because of all this. So, so you see yeah, stuff like, do. yeah, what do you do? So, I mean, he's still going to go and, you know, have fun and do other things, but, but that's like the macro level. And then you just look at even the micro and these kids that don't live in Southern California that are committed to UCLA and USC, are dorms going to be open for them to live? Do they have to find housing with friends, with random people? Is a Ronald McDonald house going to be open? Like even that on a level is like, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Do you just, is the dorms just going to be for them? Yeah. You know, no plans. How do they eat? You know, it, there's a lot that's going to go into it. So I'm glad I don't have to make decisions. I can sit back and just talk about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and you look at a, now a pro level. So I asked you kind of your thoughts on if you were an athlete during this in the college ranks. If you're a pro, you've already made some money. I mean, is there any reason for you to play? Is it just to, again, if you're one of those kind of fringe players, you need to make, earn more money. But it, from a pro's perspective, perspective, excuse me. What do you, what's your thought going into this season? Is it something you even want to play or you'd rather just like wait the season out? Um, personally, depending on how much money I had, mm-hmm. right? If I was uh, Mahomes or something, I would say, huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm good. Hell, hell with it. Yeah. Um, no, but being a professional athlete, you know, obviously you've trained your whole life to do that. You train all season to, you know, be competitive and be the best that you can be for your team and yourself. But I would ask the NFL, what are they covering? Because you know contracts aren't guaranteed, right? So mm-hmm. we all know that that's the biggest um, issue with the NFL. Everyone wants guaranteed contracts. Are you guaranteeing my contract if I go out here and I catch COVID? Mm-hmm. What on the insurance level? Are, are you going to back my insurance up? Because you only get it if you're a vested player five years um, post your last um, season you played. Are you going to extend it for me? Because these are yeah. these times are unprecedented. So, what are you willing to do for me to make me go out there and play? You have to cover me. This is business now. Yeah, it's not just you know college football where you're running around with your buddies and you you know you're going to be there with someone for four or five years. This is a business. This is a revolving door. And what is the NFL going to offer these players? Because that's what be the rule number one. What are you offering besides the contract I already signed? What is the addition to it? Because there's no way each team is staying in a bubble and living like the NBA players are in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that. So yeah. there's a chance that there will be around people and may catch it. If someone catches COVID in the NFL, what do you do? Yeah. You know, the numbers wise, you're not playing with 12 guys, 60 guys, 65 guys in the locker room. Oh, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, and that would just rip through the locker room real quick, I'm sure. Yeah, just like a staff infection, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Or just a cold yeah, even. Yeah. There you go. You send people home for that, you know, and you don't come back for a few days. But with this, you don't even know how long. That's two weeks, what, 14-day quarantine. What if guys got to get on the line? Yeah. Who knows? Right? This is, this is the time that I'm glad for the first time, I can say this, I'm glad I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you think of even, and now we're just getting way down, deep down diving into this, but you think, say we get to, and hopefully by then there's a vaccine, but say we get to late December, early January, playoff implications on the line, you're, say we're talking L.A. Rams, you're, you're an eight-win team, you need that ninth win to make your playoff push, all of a sudden Jared Goff tests positive, but he's not showing symptoms, he feels great, he feels like he's ready to play, it's football, man, you want to get out there, you play with broken bones, you play with anything, you're going to go out there with your guys, and all of a sudden they have to not only sit him out, send him across the city somewhere else in quarantine, and you have, what, John Walford right now is now going to be your quarterback to get you your ninth win to get to the playoffs? I mean, how does 
that, that to me is going to be the biggest issue is when players get it, do they sit down? Do they, is it like the whole concussion thing? Are we not reporting it? All of a sudden be like, hey, sh- keep shush. I didn't test positive. I'm, I'm, we're doing false positives here. Right. How do you play right. with that? I mean, that's going to be the, the fascinating thing. You can't. I mean, you, you might as well say you treat it like an injury and you have to report it. You have to be mm-hmm. sidelined for a certain amount of time. But how many people can you put on injured reserve, you know? If one thing yeah. is more severe than the other, you get to come back. And there's where we, we have this funky situation with the rules mm-hmm. that they've created in the sport. And then you bring in this new juggernaut that has no bearings or no guidelines to anything. What do you do? So I'm going to be really surprised if they have a season this year. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. I don't see it happening because you can't come up with ways to keep these guys safe from it. Yeah, I, it, I kind of the same way. I, I'm trying to stay positive and optimistic just because I want it so bad, but I just don't right. see how. And, and we talked about the NBA that's in a bubble, and NFL now and what Baltimore announced that they're only going to have 14,000 fans. But that's, that's still 14,000 fans. They're not in a bubble playing in front of nobody. So I don't know how you – stipulate the fans are they going to have like partitions in between the seats it's just it's weird man i don't it, it sucks to put it bluntly yeah and and now we are starting to learn what it's like to you know miss entertainment and stuff like that mm-hmm. and how do we adapt because this may just be the new way we do not know yeah well and it's unfortunate because you can be a, a, a full believer on it mm-hmm. or you can be on the opposite side but there's still someone that has to make these rules Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Who knows? And there's always a happy medium. So, uh, what I mean, what have you? You speak of you know this may be the new norm at least for the time being. What have just out of curiosity, what have you been up to for entertainment? Do you entertain yourself in certain ways? What do you What do you been Netflix up to? Netflix and chill, bro. That's it, I right? Mean, what else is there to do? Yeah. Netflix and chill. There's Amazon Prime. Uh, there's a new Hulu movie that came out today. I'm probably gonna be checking that out later. Right. <laughs> there's do it yourself projects. Um, it, it, it's a it's a tough time. You can't really go to the beach sometimes because they're shutting those down, and then the pools are shut down unless you have one. Um, honestly, I'm just looking at what's going on. I'm 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 I've been listening more, watching. Uh, you know, I was a, a union member when I was in the, uh, mm-hmm. the NFL at the PA, so I call those guys and see and check their pulse of what they're doing, and that's it. It's keeping me busy just to know that okay. Any second they could say, okay, we're going to play everything full speed. And then in two days, someone could test positive and then it shuts it all down. So yeah, I'm just here to watch. You know, I've been a, a good listener. Well, yeah, that's good. And, and everything going on in the world is good to be a good listener. I feel other than trying to create content and grind, I just feel like I've been drinking a lot more. I feel like a lot of people are probably in that boat. Yeah, I haven't done that. <laughs> good for you. That's healthier. I haven't done that, right? I actually haven't done that, which is great. Uh, I've just been really. Just paying attention, man, you know, learning different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these different ways to look at things and what they can do and how they can do it. And, you know, some are, you know, in the far left field somewhere and some are logical thinking. And I'm just taking it all in, you know, so I could say at least somewhat something nice and uh, educated on the LA football show. Yeah, no, yeah, as you do. So for sure. So, uh, well, let's get to some positive news, at least for one person, Patrick Mahomes, man, signed a month, what upwards of 503 million, I think is the total valuation. Um, there's like weird language that says like 430 guaranteed, but it's not actually fully guaranteed. It's, it's weird, but either way, 
crap ton of money. He still has two years left, so a 12-year deal, essentially. I mean, what was your initial thoughts when you first just saw... First, when you just saw... Because we didn't get the numbers right away. You just saw the, the length, the 10-year. Because that doesn't happen very well, often. I loved, it. I loved it, just because you see that in baseball. Mm-hmm. You see these long, extended contracts in baseball. Guys get paid way down the line. Because you got to understand, these organizations are making so much money off yeah. these athletes. You know what I mean? Like with the merchandise and the videos that they shoot and they can put out... And, Athletes really don't have any say or they get nothing for that. Mm-hmm. So now to see an athlete take charge and actually sign a 10-year contract, that's the most most security a professional football player's ever had, you know? And signing a 10-year contract, it kind of, I still think it's underpaid. Mm-hmm. If he continues to play the way he's playing and he does get another MVP, play in another Super Bowl, and does the same things he's done two more times, He's actually underpaid. Yeah, well, considering what he means to the league and that team, I mean, he is the guy. He's everywhere. Uh, yeah. So you, as a former player, you like the long term. Because I know when I first saw it, I thought, well, first of all, man, that's great. Good for him. He's well-deserved. But to me, I was like, as a quarterback, when the market resets so often, we see every year the quarterback one-ups another, did he hurt himself in a sense? For example, say he signed a four- to five-year deal worth, 250 million so basically half of what he got for half the years well then that contract ends and and when the market's been re-upped all of a sudden he can sign another five-year deal for now 400 million so then his total valuation is over 700 instead of 500 obviously i'm just pulling numbers out of left field but did you think that or did you think it was smarter just to do lock it up 10 years injury be damned you'll be good set set the president for all these athletes coming up Uh, now other teams are on notice that they could do the same thing mm-hmm. and that helps the salary cap in certain ways. Uh, I liked it. Uh, you can look at it certain ways. You know, Tom Brady took discounts to make sure his team was uh, taken care of so they could always be competitive. And that's why they had so much success. When you see down the line, other quarterbacks, they take all the money, you know, 20% of the league, make 80% of the money, and then they cripple teams, but mm-hmm. it's all about them right then. So taking that drawn-out 10-year contract, just like Tom Brady in a sense, Mahomes is going to make money off the field also. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you can catch up and make you know $20 million from Coors Light every time he drops a silver bullet or Easy. cracks one open. Yeah. He's going to make some big-time money. And this he's going to be in movies. You know what he's going to be doing. Oh, yeah. Doing. yeah. So He'll be a bill- billionaire in no time. Bubble. Yeah, so... There you go. So I think it was a great move, the same way Tom was always taking discounts, and he finally got a big payday in uh, Tampa, but there's nothing to say that he wasn't already making good money, right? Yeah. And and it's all about don't compare your salary to the next man. Mm -hmm. So what he did, he opened up a whole new avenue for teeth to structure contracts. I would always be an advocate of the shorter the contract, the better, because they go by your years and how old you are. Yeah. You know, once you get to 30, it's like, oh, crap, you know, you're too old to do this, too old to do that, even though that's when you're really in your prime. Mm-hmm. I had my best years when I was 30. Yeah, you signed a lot of one-year deals, too. Yeah, and, and that's the best bet. You know, you're betting on yourself. If you want to stop playing, you're done at the end of the year. If you want to continue sign up yeah so i would always be an advocate on one side of it saying sign a shorter period of time so you can get back to the table just like you you mentioned but when what he did he doesn't want to leave Kansas City. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he's you know, content. He probably said, Andy Reid's going to be my coach this whole time, and you can't fire him. If he retires, that's one thing. But who knows what he made, what deal they made mm-hmm. to make him find that. And it's a great deal. I, I think it's a great deal. It's a great deal for football. It moves the needle a lot. Yeah. Um, it, it just it just makes it more because these owners or these ownerships are making so much money off these teams, even if they're winning or not. Yeah. They're cashing. Oh, yeah. You know, so – it's about time, you know, a player, you know, really takes it to him and gets a big check like that. Yeah. And, you know, all these kids coming up, they see it now, you know, and all these quarterbacks coming up. Now they're like, how how good do you really – how much do you really value me? Yeah. Right? Because I want to deal like that. But now it's like, no, you got to be MVP, Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you got to do – you know, you got to have the trophies to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and – I'm glad to see finally we're seeing higher guarantees. I, I still think it's shocking the league isn't just fully guaranteed when it's the most physical sport, how they can and baseball, it's all fully guaranteed. And, you know, we, that's a different debate for a different time. But I think we'll, we're getting closer at least. Hopefully it'll get there one day. Um, but on the other end of the scale, you know, obviously now huge amount of their cap. And I know we'll see the cap increase. It'll probably go down a bit, a little bit next year because of everything going on. But then it'll start to increase again and go up. Now you have one player making, you know, I'm, don't know the exact percentage, but probably close to 30 to 40% of your entire team's cap. You're not going to let a guy like Patrick Holmes walk. That wasn't ever going to happen. They're going to basically give him whatever he wanted, which they did. But how much do you think this actually maybe hurts Kansas City for the future? Because you have guys like Chris Jones already saying he's probably going to be gone because he wants $20 million a year. And he said, if I, they don't sign me for that, I'm walking. Travis Kelsey's only got a few years left. You know, all these different guys, Tyreek Hill, they're not going to be able to keep them all. Is Patrick Mahomes, you think, good enough where they say, we don't care, we'll always be competitive with them? Or is this going to, long-term, maybe in the next four years, we could see Kansas City falling closer to the bottom of the AFC West? Well, they've been there, and they've been at the top now, but they've been at the bottom before. Yeah. And now it's just maybe a financial thing. Why? Um, I also feel, this may be a little unorthodox, but Mahomes may be in a position where if they can't pay the guy on the field, he may be able to talk to one of his uh, sponsors and be like, yo, give this guy a deal. I've always said that. Does that ever happen? Why wouldn't you? I've always said, I'm like, I, why don't players call up their it, buddies? Yeah. Because I've always thought. That's if- what I would say in like Seattle. Look at who, you know, Paul Allen or, you know, and stuff like that. If they can't, if they have a, I, I don't know if this is mm. right. Mm. I'm just saying, why wouldn't they not use what they have around them to make the money so it's not coming from football and they can make the same money? Yeah. Why not? And I think Mahomes could be a boss about it, and I think that's probably in the talks. I mean, these, you know, I'm not the only one that can't be thinking it. You're thinking it too, yeah, right? Oh, so use, use use your sponsors. You know, give him a, a deal. Give him a Beats by Dre deal. Give him a you Barbe- know a barbecue. Gr- a lot of great barbecue in Kansas City. Let's get some barbecue deals. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, create a grill and market the hell. I don't know, but again, there's all these other avenues that Mahomes may be able to do to keep his team together. Hell, he might pay him himself. Well, that's what I've always thought, and I know it's this is not my money, but I, I know if I was in a business period doing something, making good money, and I wanted one of my friends, hey, come join me because I think we could do great. So in this situation, you're on a football team. Hey, you're great. You're not happy with your contract situation. Come join our team. We'll be we'll be Super Bowl ready immediately. We don't have enough cap to sign you what you want. I'll cut you the rest. I'm making $45 million a year. Yeah, I can cut you $5 million a year. Why not? And we'll just win three Super Bowls. Yeah. And I'll make it up in the back end. Yeah. Heinz Ketchup's going to, Heinz Ketchup's paying me 10 million a year. I'll be good. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like, if we're not using our resources around, 
things can be done. You got to think outside the box mm-hmm. and actually like, how can we make this thing work? Yeah, when you're wearing you're wearing the LeBron shirt, and LeBron might be one of the greatest business minds in sports we've seen in a long time. He's in so many different avenues of business and film entertainment. A lot of these guys can do that too, obviously, and a lot of them are already. But you all of a sudden you yeah. see them starting their own brands, starting their own social media stuff. They're making money doing that. So I mean, the opportunity is endless. Yeah, exactly. So that may be in the cards for that organization. Like you take if you, if you want to make sure he's good because you took this contract. You do it. Yeah. So let's let's swing this a little bit. L.A. slant it with our Rams and Chargers here. So, that, you know, Goff, they signed uh, Goff to a, a big contract. I think this is the first year it actually goes into effect. He was still on his rookie deal. And at the time, a lot of fans weren't, you know, super happy about it. You know, it was $134 million, I believe, uh, with over like 105 guaranteed. And then obviously this year, 110 guaranteed. Um, this year or last year, excuse me, had kind of a down year. So everyone's like, oh man, we way overpaid, way overpaid Goff, didn't deserve it. And now you see this contract for Mahomes, which it just blows it. His guarantee is triple what Goff's full salary is. So do you think, and I don't know how much Rams football you have watched. Obviously you'll start watching a lot more being on this show more, but do you think Goff is worthy of that? Or I guess let's just start with this. What's your overall expectations slash uh, interpretations of Jared Goff as a quarterback. Let's just start with that. I don't think he's that bad. I think everyone is giving him a bad rap. If you I agree. look statistically wise, I don't think he's that bad. He threw more interceptions last year than he threw the year before. But yards wise, he wasn't far off. I think totally it was the team that didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, they had contract situations across the board. And um, I just don't think the team played as well in that was the effect of it. I think people caught on to the system a little bit. Uh, Todd Gurley wasn't full healthy like he was in 2018, yep. which took a lot of the, you know, slack off of uh, golf when he's breaking tackles and, you know, scoring long runs and doing what he does. So it, it, I think team success helps golf a lot. Mm. And um, I think he, he, just like any other quarterbacks, they, they're going to get the big money anyway. Yeah. Right. If you look across the league, if you, you know, you have a decent year or two, these teams are paying these quarterbacks before they win Super Bowls, before they even get there. And he got to a Super Bowl. So I think the contract was warranted in this scope of how football operates. And now, like you said, with Mahomes' contract, everyone can take a look and say, hey, they could have did that. Yeah. Discount. Yeah. Exactly. It's a discount, but the way the norm in football, that short term, you know, affects the cap more than that long term does. So when you when you were uh, for the Cardinals, did you ever uh, get your hands on Goff? You played him what? He was there his rookie year and his second year before you went up to Oakland, right? So you played him three times, I think. Got close one time. I missed him. Got close. Got got my paws on him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got my paws on him. He got away from me. So that's one of the guys I didn't get while I was in NFL. But I got quite a few. Who who is this? Is off topic. Who is the the toughest quarterback to bring down, putting you on the spot. Well, it has to be Ben Roethlisberger. He's Dude's huge. I mean, bigger. It was bigger than me, and I was a defensive end. So I would say him. Uh, elusive wise, trying to get Russell Wilson. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you played him twice yeah. a year. Yeah, you know, just, yeah, and that he's just so athletic that you know that's a pain. But hardest to actually bring down has to be Big Ben. Oh, there's so many times he's 
connecting guys with over the middle while he's got two guys draped over him, and yeah, you can see why. Unreal, unreal. Yeah, aren't you glad that when you were uh, at Cincy that uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't in Baltimore? Yeah, actually, <laughs> my last year playing in Oakland, we played there. That's and right. And I tell the story. I don't like telling it, but I tell it because I'm humble. And for some reason, the Raiders had me dropping in coverage. This is year 13. I should not be in Oakland. <laughs> and Lamar just rolls out. And we're going to have to find this clip, right? Oh, we'll find so it. He rolls out. And then he just like runs right at me. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I just pick a side to, to, to jump to. So I just jumped left and he went right. It was like perfect. I don't care. Everyone's laughing. Yeah. Like a soccer goalie. You just guess and hope for the best. That's all I could do at that <laughs> rate. You know, like I, either I'm going to hurt myself trying to guess. Yeah. Just die one way if he gets there. Whatever. I shouldn't be isolated versus Lamar Jackson. No. Yeah. Blame the defense there. That, that's a bad, poor defensive play call. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at the defense court. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know? was that? He's looking at me. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh man. So that's funny though. But yeah, you mentioned Goff, and I agree with you. I think he's. You know, he is what he is, and some people try to label him differently. And we knew when coming out of Cal, he was a a pocket passer that had some mobility, but wasn't a running style quarterback. But has great arm accuracy. He just needs a good offensive line and some good weapons. And we've seen how good he can be when they give him that. And we've seen how. I guess mediocre he'll be when not given that. So I think if they get back to what they've been doing in the past in their Super Bowl year, Goss going to be just fine. I think his contract, honestly, like you mentioned, the way the market's going, it was warranted. Was he maybe overpaid? I mean, you could say that in any profession anywhere when the market's set at a certain value and and he's valued at that. So um, last thing about Goff, and then we'll move on to Herbert and the Chargers. But always it's in comparison. Goff. Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, just because they're a draft of the same year, so they're always going to be in talks. Yeah. Out of those three, just your your fun personal opinion, how do you rank those guys, or or do you think Goff is the best out of them? Do you rank them all kind of evenly, just different? You know, I really like um, Carson Wentz. I, just, I, did, I love the guy. He's just, he's just in a tough spot being in Philly, and the fans will just rip you up and down if you know you don't have a, your shoelace tied correctly. <laughs> you know, those fans will just get on you. So... Out of those three, I thought, you know, before Wentz got hurt, he was MVP. Mm-hmm. You know? He was. He got hurt here in L.A. Getting hurt, I, I, I believe they would have won the Super Bowl. And we wouldn't be praising Nick Foles mm-hmm. over Carson Wentz. So I, I, I honestly like Carson. I think he's the best quarterback. I, I agree. I love Carson Wentz. I, lo- I like, you know, cover the Rams. I like Jared Goff. I do. I really do like his game. I think he's a good guy. He's, he's much quieter, softer spoken, but his teammates like him. But something about Carson Wentz. There's just some of those players that you watch and you're like, that guy has it. Whatever it is, everyone yeah, tries to. Yeah. yeah. Just has that, that cool gunslinging mentality. He's escaped. He has that kind of Russell Wilson escapability, but then still has like the charisma of the big, uh, not necessarily as big as Big Ben, but still a big guy in the pocket. So. Yeah. They'll stay in there and, and throw it with guys jumping at him. Yeah. So that that's, I, I, I was a big fan of his, like his rookie year watching him. Obviously, I was in the league. Yeah, but watching him play and seeing what he did, I and mean, he did it to us. Like he, I went up there with the Cardinals, and he, they absolutely uh, destroyed us. And I was like, this kid's pretty good. Yeah, you know, and, um, and that's not a knock at anyone else. You know, obviously they're all successful in what they do, but I, I felt like uh, Carson Wentz is the best one. Yeah, I agree with you, and hopefully he'll stay healthy moving forward, which he did last year. Made the playoffs with a bunch of a, uh, you know, not a lot of great talent. I never liked to knock anyone, but not a ton of talent as a receiver so we'll see if they improve on that but um 
you know, looking now at the Chargers, you know, we talked a little bit about Goff and kind of how his contract compares to Mahomes. We think it's a steal. Now we look at, um, you know, the guy they drafted in the first round there out of Oregon, Justin Herbert. May not start this. Do you? Well, we'll start with this again. I guess we don't need to get the contract before I hear your opinion on this since we're still feeling each other out, getting it, getting to see how we feel about these different guys. But do you think it's going to be Terod Taylor starting or do you like Justin Herbert? If all the Obviously, all this is precedent on an actual season happening, but. Well, you don't go wrong starting off a veteran just so the kid can play catch up and learn, right? But right now, there's no spring ball. There's no OTAs or mini camp, meaning no spring ball. Uh, as of right now, we don't have a target training camp, you know, spot and time. It, there's nothing wrong with starting a vet. I think, obviously, they drafted a kid high enough that he's going to be the future. His pedigree says he's going to be the future. Mm-hmm. Obviously, where they drafted him says he's going to be the future. Um, I think you go with Tyrod Taylor just to start it off. If, you, if it was a spring and all that and you have this bulk of time and get reps, that could be a, a different story going into training camp onto the season. But since we missed this whole portion of it, I think going with a veteran that has a good grasp and knowing timing of routes and, you know, games that the D-line are going to run on you and how to, you know, where you, you fit in your pocket, I think he has to see that visually to, you know, get a grasp. Not saying it can happen, yeah. but that's why you have a solid backup with Tyrod Taylor. Oh, yeah. I mean, him and every rookie is at a disadvantage just because of how this offseason is, not being able to get the on-the-field work. Did, did you watch – I'm assuming you did. Did you watch quite a few USC games last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you catch the Oregon game where, you know, USC yeah. looked, looked great in the beginning and then uh, Oregon came warring back, obviously had special teams and defense help. But but what did you think Herbert looked in that game and how did you – obviously going into the year he was a top NFL prospect. But after watching him either in person or on TV play against our Trojans – did you think, okay, yeah, this guy does have it, or you think, yeah, you know, he's good, has the, obviously the size, but there's still some learning to do? Well, like you said, they roared back with the oh. special teams at the end, kickoff return. Um, Not to cut you off, but there was a moment yeah, there I was I mean, like, USC is going to win this game. This is great. And then, yeah, I did too. <laughs> that know, ended it, quickly. It was a tape of the first half, and then second half was just a complete, they just opened up on us. Yeah. And um, so, again, watching the first half, you'd be like, yeah, he's an average kid. He's in there, you know. Uh, but the second half was just different once people calmed down. And, you know, we, me being an SC guy, we had a lot of deficiencies in, you know, scheme and confusion all across the board. Special teams wasn't in whack. And that all plays a factor in everything because some guys play special teams and they could be carrying on a play that they had before onto the next play. And it, it just, it's a triple down effect. But, um, yeah, towards the end of that game and just going forward, he, he showed clearly that. That's why he was going to be drafted. You kind of see that he was going to go to the old Chargers. I don't know if anyone came out and said it, but it just looked like a perfect fit for what we have going on in L.A. with the, the receivers that we do have at the Chargers. I think he's a good fit for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he totally fits Andy Lynn's system and what they want to do there with a more mobile quarterback. And, and you speak to that game, and it, it, I think you see his ability to improve throughout a game, which is so important at every position, but especially quarterback. I mean, you can have your, your rough first halves, but you got to have be able to improve after the locker room and come out and lead your team, poised. which he did. Poised. Yeah, exactly, yeah, poised. poised. You know what I mean? And like I said, his pedigree, is, you know, you do a little research on the guy, like, I mean, from his grandfathers and yeah. you know dad i mean he's got the pedigree to be a, a, a tremendous athlete you know so it's just all about opportunity and being in the right place and like you said with uh, coach Lynn's uh, offense 
the the Chargers have always struggled for all these years just because of the deficiencies in Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. He has the pluses and he has the minuses, meaning totally. he can't get out of the way. Totally. And now we see uh, a guy that can actually get out of the way and he's a little bit quicker. I don't know, you know, if he plays twenty years, he'll be, you know, in the same boat. But right as of now, how old he is, he's a little bit quicker and, and swifter mm-hmm. to get away from the pocket and make some plays on the run. And I think that's exactly what the Chargers need to move the chains more and get some more points on the board. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm excited to see his development and how he'll grow into the system. But yeah, I think he's a perfect fit. Really, any of the three quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavaloa, and him could have, I think, fit that system. But Herbert was the third one taken there. So so it'll be fun to watch. You know, We won't do it this episode, but I, I next week I really want to talk to you, Frosty, about some of the defense alignment with these Rams and Chargers since that's your specialty. We're talking quarterbacks. You've done a great job. But I, I know your specialty defense. We've got some you know, great linemen on both teams. Obviously, Aaron Donald, that's the easy one, but you still have Michael Brockers. You have Sebastian Joseph Day over on the Chargers side. You have, you know, Justin Jones. Jerry Tillery was a high draft pick. So, so we'll tease that next week. Maybe we'll get into some some defensive line. Get into the trenches. He's all right. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good too. Yeah, Melvin Ingram, a lot of good guys. So, well, cool, man. Well, this was fun. I I, I appreciate you. I'm really excited about the direction of, of the show now that uh, you're taking it on with me. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, you LA fans, you stay tuned. We're gonna get better especially when I can talk about what I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll get more into that, which is great. Uh, Frosty Rucker, where can everyone find you? I know you're on the social media. Where can people find you at? Yeah, I'm at The Organic Frost, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I uh, hope to hear from you guys. Any uh, questions you guys have out there, make sure you send me a message, DM, and we'll address them on the show. Absolutely, yeah. You can find me at Ryan Dyrid, LAFB, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Ryan Dyrid. The show is LAFB Network. This is the LA Football Podcast. Thank you all. Have a happy and safe weekend. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.